excited for this day. We're gathered in your name, calling out to you. Your glory like a fire, awakening desire, will burn our hearts with truth. You're the reason we're here. You're the reason we're Till all my fears 
Jesus, wonderful. 
I'm, I'm going to try to be happier. Um, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Richard and Beth Taylor are here. I just, I'm walked back and they're sitting over here. So uh, be sure to give them a hug later. Um, we have a business meeting right after this, guys. You can hang here for that. You know, it's not, it's not boring and it goes quickly. But um, just in case, you know, there'll be some shuffling around in between maybe and grab a hug. But it's so good to see you guys. I mean, I just, I didn't know if you'd ever come back. I just... <laughs> You know, so living in Ohio, I mean, whatever. We're glad you're here this morning. Um, yeah, going through announcements, a lot of announcements. Parenting 101, if you're interested in this, I need to ask you to sign up as soon as possible. You must pre-register, okay? Right now, we don't have enough people to do the class, which means almost nobody. 
So um, I'll do it for a few. But if you're thinking about it, you need to act on it and pre-register. Go online. The, uh, these are out in the lobby. The, uh, email, the uh, URL is there. Type it in. Register. We really want to know if you're coming. And I will prepare for that. Starts March 13. So next, next Sunday, if I don't hear from you by next Sunday, we'll, we'll decide either way whether we're going to keep going with it or not. Uh, again, a reminder, our annual business meeting will immediately follow this morning's service. Hopefully, uh, most of you have gotten a report and uh, gotten a ballot and all that kind of thing. If you haven't, again, we'll give you time to do that at the end of this service. Um, baptismal service is coming up March 20, and we'd like to hear from you as well. If you have not followed the Lord in water baptism, I mean, Jesus himself allowed John to baptize him. He had no sin, but he did it as an example for us, and we should do it as an example for others and to follow him, to honor him. So if you have not yet been water baptized, water baptized, we have a service plan for you March 20, but we need to hear from you. Applications are out on the information desk. Um, also, next week is our missions convention. I've got a couple things. Next week, we're going to give the little ones in kids' church and junior kids' church an activity book that focuses on missions. It's really, it's really nicely done. So make sure your child comes home with one of those next week. And then also, we're going to have Greg Beggs with us in the morning service for the big people. At night, we have our banquet. Make sure that you're already putting that menu together. Okay, we want to have some really good stuff. I am so looking forward to feasting next Sunday night. I can't believe it's next Sunday night. Um, but, and then also on your chair this morning, to kind of prep you for missions, there was a, a eight and a half by 11. And this is a eulogy by one of our missionary wives at the passing of her husband. They are both in heaven now. Calvin Olson uh, went to his reward in the year 2000. Mary and his wife passed five years later. Uh, but Marion is from our area. She's born in Wilmington, and they were married in India. I want to read their wedding announcement to you, and then you can read this sometime later. Um, if Pastor Hans goes off track, you can read it during his sermon. But I, honestly, I'd say wait till you go home to read it if you haven't already. But this, this is how things have changed. I mean, they really paid a price, and they, they did a wonderful work with very little results in Bangladesh. For all the years that they were there, incredible, from 1954 until 1989. 1954 to 1989. And they saw that nation go through independence. Um, they, were, they were threatened at knife point and with automatic weapons. And they just, they just went through it all. And it's in her eulogy. But these two loved each other deeply and they loved their God. And I, I, just, I found their, their wedding announcement and I want to read it to you. Um, it says, announcement is made of the recent marriage of Miss Marion Midget daughter of Mr. and Mrs. William R. Midget of Wilmington, Delaware, to Reverend Calvin P. Olson, son of Mr. and Mrs. Sam Olson of Wilmar, Minnesota. The wedding took place recently in the Assemblies of God Church at Batia in Bihar, India. They, 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 they met in India and got married in India. It says, where the bride served four years on the staff of the girls' school and orphanage. The bridegroom has served for the past year at the Assemblies of God Mission in Kulna, East Pakistan. East Pakistan is now Bangladesh. Both are studying the Bengali language in Baka, which is Dhaka, capital of East Pakistan, which again is Bangladesh. December 21st, 1955. So, you know, our missionaries are important to us. So really look forward to you being here next week and uh, deciding what you're going to do for missions in the year 2022. At this time, we're going to take our regular offering. Do you have some ushers? Are they back yet? Are they around? We need ushers. Uh, this is where you can give your regular offering, and then I'm going to be quiet, and Pastor Hans can...
do your thing, whatever that is. We'll be ready. We'll see. I don't know yet. Okay. He doesn't know yet. He's still in consultation. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to honor you with our tithes and offerings. Lord, to give you what is yours. And Lord, I pray, God, that you'd bless each giver and each gift. In Jesus' name, amen. a serious morning, isn't it? That's okay. That's okay. Hey, well, we got to do one more super important thing. Super important. And uh, today is, thank you, Nick, I appreciate it. 
Today is our pastor's 65th birthday today. And I'm going to read something. You can come up in just a quick minute. I'm going to have to preach really fast because we've got a business meeting anyways, but this is important. So this is a, a letter here from our general superintendent, Doug Clay, and the uh, executive director of our missions department, Greg Mundus. And uh, these uh, are friends of our pastor and, and um, really admirers. But it is a letter they wrote to him, and I'd like to read it. It says, Dear Michael, Greetings from the Assemblies of God National Office in Springfield, Missouri. First, we want to congratulate you on reaching another birthday milestone. The fact that you are 65 years old is in itself a testament to a life well lived. Second, we commend you for serving Praise Assembly so effectively as their pastor. Not only have you led and inspired your congregation, but you've also exercised influence among fellow pastors. Passion is contagious. Your ministry of evangelism and discipleship has far-reaching and long-lasting ramifications for the kingdom of God. Third, we want to give special recognition for a lifetime advancing the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. Your heart for missions is known not only in your congregation and network, but also around our movement. Assemblies of God World Mission Records show that your church has given well over $7 million uh, in the lifetime of your church. This incredible amount attests to your excellent leadership and abiding dedication to the Great Commission. Your life and focus have touched so many. You have led your congregation in faithfulness to our doctrine, ethics, and witness, and served an example as an example of a genuinely Pentecostal fellowship. We are grateful for you, as well as your wife Kathy and your entire family. We commend you to the Lord on this special birthday and pray for God's continued anointing and favor on you, your loved ones, and your ministry. Most sincerely, Doug Clay and Greg Mundus. Would you give our pastor a hand as he comes this morning? Now, the reality is what he would really want for his birthday is for you to give more to Ukraine. That's really true. <laughs> At this point. <laughs> yes. But uh, we just wanted to, you to have that. And uh, we also got you the, the, the church board, the congregation. Uh, we got you some. This is part of what we got you only because it would just be heavy. So this is part of what we got you. You can open it later. Uh, but we wanted to give you that. We wanted to wish you a happy. That's a little, got a little weight to it. And uh, we just, as a congregation, if, if it's, it's hard to have everyone speak at the same time. And many of you have given him uh, just a card, you know, something to say, uh, share your love. And uh, we want to thank you for leading us with integrity, for leading us with, uh, with a passion, with leading us with truth. And uh, we just love you, and we couldn't wish you a happier birthday. So happy birthday, and God bless you. Let me say one thing. I'm speechless. Are you really? <laughs> That's good. Thank you.
Happy birthday. Birthdays are good things. It's not only important for the one to be, that's being celebrated to be celebrated, but it's good for us to celebrate other people. Sometimes we can get so busy in our own world that we don't do that, so congratulations. And Pastor Brandon and I and Lucy, we're gonna make, make you work your 65th. We're gonna really put it to you this year. <laughs> Talking about heroes, what time is it? 56. Thank you, okay. Lord help me. <laughs> you know, um, heroes aren't heroes without really one ingredient. It's a, it's a major ingredient. It's simple, but it's powerful, and it's, it's this. It's action. Uh, how many here have ever heard of a hero that had a lot of ideas in their head, had a lot of intentions, had a lot of good thoughts, and then just sat there? A, a hero does something and takes action. Anybody here ever have an action hero when you were a kid? Anybody here, just raise your hand if you like, I had one, you know. It's mostly, mostly guys, I'm sure some of the ladies, you're like, yeah, I was getting down with you know, all, the, all the action heroes. And how many, anybody still have your action heroes from childhood? Anybody here still have them? Yeah. Yeah, we actually, Hans is action heroes. We've actually broken out for our grandson, Romus, so <laughs> they're getting used again. And uh, you know, sometimes action heroes, they had, supernatural strength like Samson. Uh, Pastor talked about him last week. Sometimes they could fly or fight or had like a kung fu grip. You know, that was their superpower. Sometimes they could spin a web. But in other ways, I mean, sometimes heroes can rally people to give or to act in a certain way or do something. Uh, heroes speak out on the behalf of those that are weak, maybe give themselves Sacrificially, but heroes have to take action. It's a part of it. And uh, not every hero in the scripture looked the same. Not every hero took action in the same manner. Uh, some fight battles, some show mercy, some stand up against evil. Others stand up and lead when they're not looking to, while a few even give their lives for others. And today we're going to look at one particular hero in scripture named Nehemiah. And uh, the thing about Nehemiah in this story is that when it, come to, when it came to him taking action, he was very, uh, you know, maybe a little unlikely. He was far away from the problem. He wasn't near the problem that he eventually took action toward. Uh, uh, he, was, he had a job where he was very respected, very secure. Um, he's really not qualified to do and take action where he did. And it certainly wasn't something he was looking to do. Maybe you can relate to that. Have you ever gotten drawn into something where you need to take action and you weren't looking to do that? Like you weren't looking to get involved or, or take action in this matter, but because of your proximity or relationship or something, you, you took action that actually happened to me several years ago uh, at a different church from here. Um, there was a, 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 a man that came to visit our church, and he just didn't look right to me. He looked right on the outside. There's something wasn't right. And, uh, you know, praise God for spiritual gifts of discernment that, that I believe he gives um, many people, but especially Christian leaders, to know something's not quite right. And through, through some further investigation and checking out on my own, um, those 
concerns were affirmed that I should be concerned about this person. And uh, so uh, when I found out that he was involved outside of our church with some of our young men, I had to take action and uh, deal with him very aggressively. Not in a fist way, but dealing with him very aggressively. And uh, you know, I wasn't looking to do that. I wasn't you know, looking to have to spend the extra time to investigate this guy and talk to this and that, you know, but we, we actually were able to deal with him and, and, and really have him removed from, from harm's way for our young boys and our young men. Sometimes maybe that's happened to you. You can relate to that where something's kind of been thrust on you and you have to take action. And here's Nehemiah. And he's, he's in that same boat. You know, whatever your situation, Nehemiah had, uh, had uh, really no reason to take action, but he did. And I want to look at kind of what he did. And, and up for my end here, my mic is just really, really ringing. And if it doesn't bother you, that's fine. I'll deal with it. But if there's anything that can be done, that would be fantastic. Um, as far as Nehemiah goes, before I'm going to read the verse here really quick, he's in the, the winter capital of Persia, Susa. And he's the cupbearer to the king. So he's got a pretty trusted job, a very well-vetted job. I mean, you don't just get that job. And here he is, and he's, uh, he's uh, in this position. And some Jews have come to Susa to report uh, on what's been happening. And he talks to them, what's going on in Judah, what's happening in Jerusalem and in that region. And they give him a very somber report. They give him a very difficult report. And... Um, uh, of, of not only the condition of the city, but of those that are there that are in very rough condition. The, the exile and the destruction of Jerusalem has happened years before, and people are coming back to populate it, and, and the situation's not good. And this is where we run into Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 4 through 11, and it says this, When I heard this, I sat down and I wept. In fact, for days... I mourned and fasted, and I prayed to the God of heaven, and then I said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands, listen to my prayer. Look down and see me praying day and night for, the, uh, for your people, Israel. I confess that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commandments, decrees, and regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. Please remember what you told your servant Moses. If you're faithful to me, uh, if you're unfaithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands and live by them, then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place I have chosen for my name to be honored. And the people you rescue by your great power and your strong hand are your servants. O oh Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those of us who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today in making the king favorable to me. Put it in his heart to be kind to me. We get to, from reading that, we get to Nehemiah's first action. Nehemiah acted in prayer. Nehemiah heard what was happening since people were moving back and Jerusalem was in shambles and in ruins. He was moved to sorrow and compassion. And his first action 
is to pray. This is what his prayer was like. These are a few things that kind of describe or show us what his prayer was. Number one is his, it was prayer that touched his emotion. And some of you here can cry at the drop of a hat. Others, we don't even know if you have a tear duct. We're not sure yet. You know, it, it might just be that way for you. I don't know. Um, I, I, think, I think my kids wonder if I cry. I do cry, just not in front of them, okay? And, uh, but, but why, why would praying touch your emotions? I mean, there are many reasons, but at its core, when you pray, you're not talking to a wooden idol. You're not talking to, um, you know, a piece of stone or gold. When you pray, hopefully, you're talking to a person. We're talking to God, and he possesses emotion. He has compassion, sorrow, anger, jealousy, joy. And the reality is, is if your prayer never touches your emotions, if when you pray and it never touches your emotions, you really need to think, am I really talking to God? Because God created you and I in his image. Prayer touched Nehemiah's emotion. It says he mourned and he wept for days. Not only was the prayer touch his emotion, but the prayer showed humility. Showed humility there. You see, if we, if we were to turn back and, and look at that prayer for Nehemiah, uh, it, it was filled with humility, recognition that not only he has sinned, but his people has sinned. The Lord's Prayer is a great example of that. If you look at the Lord's Prayer, you know, our, our Father who lives in heaven or who art in heaven, I'm not going to do the King James, you know, hallowed be thy name. You know, your kingdom come, your will be done. Everything is about you. And the Lord gives us an example of how to pray. And within that, we see humility. James 4.10 says this, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. Not only was his prayer uh, touching his emotion, filled with humility, but his prayer was bold. He says this to God in his prayer, please grant me success by making the king favorable to me. Put it in his heart to be kind to me. And here he is speaking to the king. It's not it's such a different context for us. It would be hard to grasp that Eastern culture and that cultural of, of the king being deity. He is a bold prayer of speaking to the king. Charles Spurgeon, he said this. He said, all good is born in prayer and all good springs from it. And I would say that of the three actions I'm going to mention, we're going to go quickly through these other two. This first one is the most crucial action he took. Now, when, when we face something, when something uh, interrupts our life or we consider something that's significant, what do we tend to act first in? I'm going to put some of these out there. Maybe that's you, maybe not, but... Do we, uh, our, is our first act fixing? You know, something's going on, man, you're in fixing mode. Before prayer, fixing mode. You're going to make this call, do this on your phone, wh whatever, but you're trying to fix it, contact this one, do that. Is that our first act when we face things that are overwhelming? Maybe it's worrying. You know, maybe your, your, your first act is to let your mind just wander and stay in the worst possible place, in the worst possible scenario, in the worst possible situation. 
And your, your first act maybe tends to be going to worry. Or how about this strategizing? You're not fixing yet. You're, you're not worrying. You're just strategizing. How's this going to go down? How are we going to work this out? What's that going to impact? How are we going to do this? And your brain is just racing to strategize. And maybe it's movement. It might not even be positive movement, but you create movement and action. And you are just a whirlwind of stuff to help make something happen in this situation. What would happen if we first moved our first action were prayer? When we are moved by anger, frustration, jealousy, envy, fear, do we act in prayer? Parents, when you are moved by one of your young, middle, or older children's situations, is your first uh, reaction to, to absorb the blow from them. I'm not talking about things that can destroy their lives. I'm talking about fairly common situations, you know, friendships and finances and all these things. Are, is our first reaction to, to, to block? Is our first reaction to fix or to worry? Or is our first reaction to pray and say, God, give them wisdom, give them uh, strength, courage, what they might need. And obviously we want to talk and give direction to all our kids. But is our first action to do all these things but pray. So we fast forward now in the story months later. So he's fasted and prayed and, and he's, he's really been in this, this uh, powerful time. Months later he's serving the king wine and he appears distressed and the king asks why. And he takes it to the next level of action. Nehemiah chapter 2, 4, and 6. With a prayer to the God of heaven, I replied, If it please the king, and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah and rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. And the king with the queen sitting next to him asked, How long will you be gone? When will you return? And after I told him how long I would be gone, the king agreed to my request, and that is the second action we'll see is Nehemiah acted by starting. Starting. Anybody here ever had your starter go out in your car? It kind of stinks, you know. You know, it may be a great car, it won't start, not pretty, not very useful. Now, some people may be little starting, and I Completely get that. I mean, let's face it, finishing is better than starting, for sure. Finishing something is, is better. I mean, even Ecclesiastes 7.8 says that. It says, well, it says that, finishing is better than starting. It's what, exactly what it says. <laughs> Ecclesiastes 7.8. It's what it says, finishing is better. I mean, think of it, though. You know, when, when it comes to an athletic competition, and my daughter Hope had a championship basketball game, and they didn't win this year. But, but when you can finish and complete it and give it your all, maybe you win, maybe you don't, but the finishing it is just better. The starting is like, you know, clunky and, you know, maybe nervous and who knows what. And, but, but finishing something is incredible. Finishing a project that you've been working on for months and emails and meetings and, and finishing it is so wonderful, so wonderful. Maybe your education, you've started a degree but, but boy, finishing it is fantastic. So now I'm going to take what I just said and just say, yeah, but. Okay, I know finishing is better than starting. 
But have you thought about this? Some of us never even start. We have thoughts in our mind, intentions, things we're going to do, things we're going to work on or make happen or make priority, or, and they never even start. Could have to do with forgiveness. I really need to call and make that right. I really need to make some time to make this happen. I need to set this goal or travel here or pursue that in my education, whatever it might be. But Nehemiah started, and this is what he started with, and it kind of makes me laugh. It's, it, the king says to him, the king opens the door wide. Hey, you don't look sick, but you look sad. What's going on? And has anybody ever said that to you? Something's really like, you're like, I want to say something. And they're like, hey, what's up? And you're like, oh, no, I have to either put up or shut up now. I need to either say something or not. And this is what Nehemiah says. This is first person is him. He says, with a prayer to the God in heaven, or rather, with a prayer to the God of heaven, I replied. Like, he, he just, one last prayer. All the prayers he had done, one last prayer. God, here it goes. Have you ever done here it goes? Have you ever said, okay, here goes nothing, or here goes everything. You know, it could fall apart, it could blow up in my face, but here it goes. Have you ever had to start a hard conversation with a boss or a friend? Uh, you know, sometimes the hardest part it's just to get those few first words out of your mouth. They're right here, and you know, maybe that's the way it is for you. I don't know. Imagine first, like, imagine being the, the first ones to step into the Red Sea. That'd be pretty cool, huh? Imagine, uh, imagine being Peter and taking his first step out of the boat. That first step, well, he's, he's a fisherman, so worst case scenario, he just goes in and he can swim, right? But... At that moment, he's probably like, and just thinking all of a sudden it's solid, you know? What a freak out moment in your mind. Wow, imagine being that. Imagine David taking his first step onto that battlefield. Now, we know it was David. We know the anointing of his God was on him, but did, did he even have a moment like, what in the world have I just done? I mean, I, I don't know, probably not. That, that would have been me. That would have been Hans. Oh, no. You know, I would have been, who knows, my voice would have cracked and all that stuff. How about the first person who ever ate a lobster? You ever wonder that? Huh, I should eat this. Yeah. Really, not something I would think. But in spite of fear, apprehension, Nehemiah acted by starting. And that means asking something enormous of someone with power when he has none. But his action didn't end there. Number three, the last one, Nehemiah acted and boldness. Nehemiah 2, 7 and 8. I also said to the king, so after he makes this grand request, I need to go back and do something about, about my homeland. I also said to the king, if it pleases the king, let me have letters addressed to the governors of the provinces west of the Euphrates River, instructing them to let me travel safely through their territories on my way to Judah. And please give me a letter addressed to Asaph the manager of the king's forest, instruction, instructing him to give me timber that I will need to make beams for the gates of the temple fortress, for the city walls, and for a house for myself. And the king granted these requests because the gracious hand of God was on me. I mean, this guy's got chutzpah. He's got guts. 
This is sheer boldness, not from his own self, but because of his time in the presence of God, of, of just being able to just start when he is asked what needs to happen, he goes all in with boldness. This wasn't some random request. I mean, he didn't say, hey, King, I mean, if we could, you know, maybe help me a little bit with a couple things, I don't know, uh, maybe some two-by-fours and, I don't know, a camel. or I mean, he goes all in, King, I'm going to need this. I'm, I'm going to need this, and I'm going to need this. He just goes all in with boldness. Letter for safe passage, a letter to the Asaph the, for all the materials, and not to even mention the caravan and the supplies that they would need for this long travel. See, acting in boldness is birthed in prayer, not in arrogance, not in presumption. 1 John 5.14 says this, And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And in Acts 4.31, an example in the early church says, After this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and then they preached the word of God with boldness. So when it comes to action, when it comes to being a hero, it says week two in heroes. Heroes act. Heroes don't just have good intentions or clever thoughts or... Um, or, or just maybe a, a, a moment of compassion. Heroes act. You know, I, I don't want to overstate giving in the offering we just took. I don't want to make it something that it's, it's not. I mean, it is, it is what it is. It's important. It's valuable. And, and we, could, you know, we could say that, you know, maybe God's put it in your heart. You didn't yet, but maybe it's God put it in your heart to give and actually act. Because when it stays up here and it just kind of stays there and it doesn't turn into action, Faith without deeds is what? Dead. <laughs> and so heroes act. Heroes act in prayer. Heroes act by sometimes just starting. And I get finishing is great, but you know what? Sometimes we don't even start the things that we know to do. They act in prayer. They act by starting. And they act in boldness. To really ask God... And allow God to speak things to your life and direct your uh, life in ways that, that are beyond your comfort, beyond your even ability. I don't see anywhere in here where Nehemiah was some professional gate, um, gate builder. Um, you know, uh, I'm sure he knew basic rudimentary things. But he is going and leaving everything to do something bold. You know, our missions team just came back this past week, and, and to, just, to just do something that, that, that is acting out their faith, to saying, God, we love your people everywhere. We want to bless your people, help your people, and action took them down there. And I know they worked hard this week. They busted their rears this week. And uh, for, because they love the Lord, they love his kingdom. And so in your life, what are we going to do? Maybe you need to act in prayer. Maybe there's something going on and you need to literally act in prayer. Before you do anything else, before you start worrying, trying to fix, trying to whatever, God's saying, hey, I need you to act in prayer. Take some time and do that. You know, maybe you are here and you're like, something's been in here to do to act towards an obedience to God, but you haven't even started it yet. You're like, 
I just, ah, it's not the right time. And you just haven't even started, maybe. But God's calling you to do that. And then again, maybe, maybe God's put something in your heart and uh, you've even started it, but there needs to be a boldness there. And I'd love to just take a moment and pray a blessing on us that God would help us to be able to do these things today. Could you stand to your feet? You know, it is pastor's birthday today. And uh, I think one of the things that, that I admire about him and, and we admire about him as a staff is uh, he really does embody these very often. I mean, if there's somebody that's going to start something and finish something, uh, it is him. And the reason that us as a congregation have been able to do so many things for so many different people around the world is because of someone that would boldly ask. And so in our lives, in your life, in my life, my prayer for us today is going to be that God help us to do these things. Lord, help us today. God, uh, you see our lives. Lord, uh, we're talking about heroes this month. And God, you need more heroes here because you plan on us to be heroic. You've, you've given us uh, uh, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is dwelling inside of us. And God, we are to be put on this earth to be heroic in all that we do. And Lord, I pray your blessing. I pray that those that need to pray today, especially that they would be called to prayer, driven to prayer, just, just, just devoted to that for a season in these moments. Lord, for those that you just need to start and begin, would you help them today? God, would you enable them to just take it from uh, a thought or, or, or a dream to actually beginning and starting? And for those that have kind of started out, but not in boldness, so it hasn't been very powerful for whatever reasons. God, I pray there be a boldness that they can ask, Lord, you. They can request of you. Even outrageous things or things that we would consider outrageous because your kingdom is mighty and powerful. As we've already prayed for the people of Ukraine, that you would bless them and that you would do incredible work in their heart and lives. Lord, we give you ourselves today. We are grateful for who you are. And Lord, we are grateful that you are the God that causes regular people like us to do heroic things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Don't forget.